Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Oh man, God is good. Amen. I want to share a real quick word on baptism, and then we've got some baptisms today. So um, if you're a visitor today, it's a little different of a Sunday. Uh, On Fifth Family Sundays, they're kind of our celebration Sundays. So whenever Sunday falls on the fifth of the month, uh, we just celebrate together. And if, if this is your first time, we call ourselves a family. We don't just throw it out there like it's a token word. We really truly mean it. Um, we, we want to be family together. We know that life is not always easy. And so um, welcome to the family. It's good to have you guys here. Um, so again, some of you guys were probably wondering, are you going to share on Guatemala today? Let me just tell you, I, I learned a lot. The team learned a lot. In a couple of weeks, we're going to share. One of the things I learned is I don't sp- speak a lick of Spanish. Amen? Anybody? All right? So I'm going to work on that, but I play charades really, really well. All right? So they're trying to figure out, and I'm like, I need to go to bathroom, right, or whatever. And it was fun. We just had a great time. It was, it was a great time. Uh, but we are going to speak on it. I promise you we've got tons of pictures. We're going to share all that stuff here in a couple of weeks. Um, but I want to say thank you because many of you sowed seeds so that we could go. Um, the team of seven went because you were generous in your giving um, towards the team. So thank you and, and encourage you guys to, to be a part of that when we share on that. Um, last week, uh, Acts came in, Acts Global. Did they not do an awesome job sharing about evangelism? Um, they talked, uh, I know they talked about evangelism and, and what that looks like and how to share the gospel and being bold. And uh, man, I feel like this ties in today with that. I feel like what they talked about ties in today with what we're going to talk about. And that is um, really this great commission commandment to go. And they focused on that part to go. Be bold, go. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. But there's a couple of things that we were supposed to do when we go. So I'm going to read to you out of Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. He says, therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing. Somebody say baptizing. Baptizing Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this commandment to go had a couple of parts to it. And a couple of parts to this commandment was that we're supposed to baptize and teach them to obey. And so the baptism was a symbol that the people that they encountered and they shared the good news with, that, 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 that they shared the hope of Jesus with, that they shared that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life with. The baptism was a symbol that these people received the word of God in their heart. And so this morning when we talk about baptism, we're we're really talking about coming into the fullness of Jesus in our life. Um, It's it's really a sign inside of our life that we're not living two lives anymore. Like the best way that I can describe it, 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 I I was thinking about this, and you you guys watch like all the Marvel movies, you know, Spider-Man, all them. And, and you see where they're living two separate lives, right? Iron Man, Spider-Man. But when they can reveal themselves to someone, they feel like a freedom inside of themselves. And I feel like sometimes as Christians, we're a lot like the super people, superhero people, where we've got this altar, kind of altar life that, that we love Jesus and we know he's powerful and he can do all things. But when we're around people, we don't show it, right? We, we have this kind of alter ego with us, and baptism is a public confession. It's why we do it publicly. That when you go under the water, you're telling the people, I've got a superpower inside of me, and his name is Jesus. And I want the world to know. Maybe, maybe this will resonate. I think of those guys 
those kind of older gentlemen, suit and tie. They're very reserved, but when game day comes on, they paint their big old bellies and they shake it for their team, right? And the whole world sees you, the whole world sees you, and then Bob's back in his office, suit and tie, very reserved. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? But for a moment, for a moment, he doesn't care. The whole world is gonna see a big old wildcat painted on his belly, and he's gonna jiggle it for the world in the freezing cold. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Anybody resonate with that? All right, maybe that's a little better. And so when we talk about baptism as this public confession where we're done living two different lives, what we're saying is I've come into Christ, I've gone under the water, and I've come out of the water, and I'm declaring to the world that Jesus Christ is in me and I'm in him. And so I just want to read this real quickly to you in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Paul is writing to the church of Laodicea, remember that. He's writing to the church of Laodicea, and here's what he says. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Look what he says. See to it that no one takes you captive. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition. So don't follow the human tradition ways of doing things any longer. Don't get captivated by that and elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Verse 9, this is key. Underline it in your Bibles. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity, God, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been, somebody say have been. You have been brought to fullness. Rhetorical question, don't raise your hand. If I ask you how many of you guys feel like you've been brought to fullness in here, many hands would not go up. I don't feel like I'm in fullness right now. But the promise here that Paul has given in Colossians is that in Christ you have been. It's there. It's in you. He lives in you. The fullness of God in Jesus Christ. You have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and every authority. In him, you are also circumcised with a circumcision. Okay? If you don't know what circumcision is, ask your neighbor, all right? It's a cutting away of something. There's a cutting that happens in your life. Listen to what he says. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision. There's a cutting process that happened in your life, not performed by human hands. Your whole self, listen to this, your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off, cut off when you were circumcised by Christ. Ties into that Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ, I no longer live. I've been cut off from myself, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I live in the body now, because you can see me, I live by faith in the Son of Man who loved and gave himself for me. So there's this cutting off. I'm in the fullness of God. The fullness of God's in me because I've been cut off from self. Now look what he says in verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Listen to this, church. When you were dead in your sins, you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, before God cut that part out of your life, God made you alive with Christ. 
He forgave us of all our sins. He canceled the charge of legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away. He nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Amen and amen. Amen? So there's something that happens then when you and I go under this water in baptism and we're here and we go under and we've died with Christ and we come up out of the water and it comes up over our heads and over our face where the old self goes under, God cuts away our old self, we come up, we're no longer who we once were, we've been regenerated, been made new, not just recalibrated, amen. God's not just restoring some parts that were just wrong on you. God completely obliterates you and makes you brand new again. This is big. He's not looking to restore things that the enemy tried to come against you with in sin. He doesn't want that life anymore. He wants his life. And so when you come up out of the water, you're a new creation. I want you to see something and why this is so, so big. So there's this process in obedience where we get baptized and this old self is cut off. The old self of me is cut off and I rise and I'm ruled now by Jesus Christ as a new creation. Titus 3, 4 through 7 says it like this. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Listen to this church. He saved us not because of our righteousness and things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us to the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit when he poured out on us, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Baptism today isn't because you got your life cleaned up. The gentlemen that are going to get baptized today isn't because they got their life cleaned up. Baptism isn't because you made something of yourself. Baptism isn't because all of the sudden you said, you know what, I'm going to stop doing bad things and I'm going to get baptized. That's not what baptism is. Baptism has nothing to do with your righteousness, nothing to do with your goodness, nothing to do with you believing like, man, last week I nailed it because that happens to no one. Amen? You get up and you say, today, Father, I'm not going to sin. And if something comes in your mind, you're like, dang it, I already screwed up. Do I hear an amen to that? Baptism has nothing to do with our righteousness. Baptism is declaring that Jesus died for you and you couldn't get it right yourself. And his death meant freedom and his life in resurrection meant life for you. And baptism, a confession that I believe in him and his freedom and his life. And he has become my life. It says there in, in Titus, he saved you through the washing of rebirth. You, you've been reborn. Again, not recalibrated, not put back together where you missed the mark. You've simply been reborn. Baptism, also, he says, is the Holy Spirit coming in to renew you. So not only are you reborn, but then God gives you the power in the Holy Spirit to live out your new birth. Because the old self couldn't do it. Amen? Amen. And so this morning, real quickly, why is that so important out of Colossians chapter 2? Because Paul was writing to the church of Laodicea. 
Now, there's another place that we read about the church of Laodicea later on in Scripture. Do you know where that's at? In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 14. Let me tell you why Paul was so passionate for these people. Because this is what was happening to the church in Revelation 3, 14. Paul writes this. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, these are the words of the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Uh, Other translations say I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich, that I've acquired wealth, and I don't need anything. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and save to put on your eyes, salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. So here's, here's the message that John the Revelator is writing. Look, God says, I see you. And there's a part of you that says, yay, God. And then there's a part of you that says, yay, world. And there's a part of you that in this yay God moment, in yay world, you live in the middle and you go, I could deal with God or I could deal with the world. I just, I'm kind of indifferent to both. But look, when salvation, when it comes to salvation, I definitely want God. But when it comes to everything else, I just don't know. And so somewhere in the middle, you're living this life where the God of the universe who came to wreck you and bury you in the water to where you come up with new life in the fullness of him. Somewhere in the middle, you're just like, yeah, I could have it or I couldn't. It's no big deal. And the God of the universe is going, do you understand what this means? That the fullness of the deity of me in Jesus Christ can live in you. And so Paul telling the church at Laodicea Laodicea in Colossians says, look, when you go under the water, you've died to your old self. You simply don't live anymore. When you come up out of the water, it's Christ Jesus that lives in you. So it ties into the last week's message when when Acts Global came through and talked about what it looks like to live in boldness. We're no longer worried about what people say about us. We're no longer looking about being a little bit weird out there to the world. Man, Scripture says that we're a weird people. Amen? It says you're peculiar people. Why? Because the hope of the world in Jesus Christ lives in us. So Paul sees this and he writes to the church. He says, come on, you've been changed. You were baptized, you've been changed. Don't live in lukewarm status. Jesus Christ is everything and he lives in you. So as we, I'm gonna invite you guys to come on up, baptism guys, come on up. I think there's a couple in here. Um, One for sure, maybe two. Is our other guy here? Okay. As we do this baptism this morning, I want to encourage you with something. I want to encourage you to know that part of a baptism is that we have a testimony. And that testimony is this. There's a a key word in in, in that word testimony, and it's testing. (laughs) That we go through life, and we get tested by life. Anybody ever been tested by life? Yeah. And in those tests of life that come and go, somewhere in the middle of that testing of life, we found Jesus. And so the back half of that testimony, testimony usually starts off like this. Man, I was this, I was this, I was this, I was this. The world gave me this. I found attention in this. I tried to get joy from here. It was fleeting, yada, 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 yada. But then somewhere in that testing, you have a moment where you encounter Jesus. And then the rest of your testimony is how God is working things out in your life now. 
Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.